Here we go, you guys, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnet. Today is Thursday, September 17th. We are cruising right into the weekend, guys. It's almost here. Keep rolling. Keep fighting. It's going to be a good weekend. I can feel it. I can feel it. You're in Michigan. Guess what? Football's back. Football is freaking back. We got high school football on Friday night. We got Big Ten coming back around. Like, we're getting back to normal, people. We're getting back to normal. So keep fighting. Keep pushing. We have on an amazing guest today. Like, I fanboyed hard when he responded that he was going to come on the show. So, seriously, an amazing guest. Uh, I've talked about his music before. Willie Shaw, an unreal story this guy has, okay? Like, seriously, this is one of the best interviews I think we've had and probably will ever have. So, Willie Shaw, here he is. Here we go, you guys. Today we welcome on a very special guest. I'm nervous. You guys know me. I get nervous, especially in front of people that I listen to and I've been a big fan of. I've talked to you guys about him before. He was my song of the day. He's going to be my song of the day again. Willie Shaw, what's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm excited to be here and uh, really excited to see what we talk about. Dude, we're going to have a blast. It's going to be tons of fun, positive vibes only, but let's get into it. You know, tell the listeners, tell me where you're from. You know, what's your life story? Give it to me. I love hearing it. Yeah. So, you know, cut me off if you need to. I can talk for quite a bit, but uh, I love that. It makes it makes my job easier. Let's talk. Perfect. All right. So I grew up in Southern California, uh, Orange County, specifically a small town called Yorba Linda. Uh, It's right in Anaheim. Um, And I was an athlete my entire life. So I played football, basketball, baseball. Um, My whole family is baseball players. Both my uncles played professionally. So baseball was in my blood and sports as a as a whole, that was that's what I did. Um, okay. And so, high school, um, there's there's an unwritten rule on my mom's side of the family that by a certain age you pick up an instrument and you just play it because they also have music in their blood too. And right, so so I in high school ended up stealing my mom's guitar and like teaching myself via YouTube how to play guitar. Right. And so that's awesome. Right. So my freshman year of college, uh, I'm sorry, my freshman year of high school. Um, you took concert choir as your elective because you had to get an arts, you know, credit or whatever. Right, right, uh, right. So you, I, we took the concert choir, which was like 250 people in a class, freshmen to seniors, and so like all the athletes would go take that together, and, and right. we would get in the back of the class and just talk and screw around the entire time. Right. So <laughs> I took this class, and uh, the only way you don't get an A is if you talk in the back of that class and so naturally what was i doing with all my freshman football teammates that entire talking time? in the we're back just, of the class yeah we're just we're not paying attention we don't know what right. we're doing at the time we're right. eating our snacks drinking our gatorade like yeah. talking about who we're playing that week right so like right. uh the end of the semester is coming up and uh if you talk too much you your grade would drop and so um dude my grades started dropping and i couldn't my my parents were really big about getting good grades and and kind of just being that person. And so right, I was like, right. there's no, there's no way in hell I can go back to my parents and be like, Hey, I got to be in concert. <laughs> like if you show up, you get an A. And so, right. so to get your A back, and this was designed to embarrass people <clears throat> to get your A back, you had to go sing in front of the entire choir. That's awesome. Whatever song, whatever you wanted to do, didn't matter. You could rap, you could, but it was meant to be like to embarrass. Right. People. Embarrassing. Like, right. there you go. Figure well, it out. So, dude, I'm freaking out. I've never really sung in front of anybody before. And I'm like, I think I can sing. I don't know if I'm good at singing or not. And so <laughs> <laughs> so I go up in front of the class uh, and I had an iPod in, right? So this is right. I graduated high school in 2010. So this is 2006. 
uh, Ash 2007. So I, I put my iPod in and I blast it as loud as it can go. And right. I, sing <laughs> I sing Stevie Wonder, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Uh, what a song. What right. a song. What a song, right? So I, uh, dude, so I get up on stage, guy hands me the mic, and you're singing it a cappella in front of a, an auditorium of 250 people. And like, you older, had a microphone? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole oh, thing. Shit. The whole thing. And so, uh, and like, you know, your senior crush as a freshman's like second row. And like, oh, <laughs> and like, dude, I am freaking out. I'm like, this is not, this is, this is terrible. So I look around and I remember my senior, the senior baseball players were like on my right, like six rows up. And, uh, and so I look at them and they're just laughing, making fun of me, pointing at me. Right, so, right. Dude, to get through this, I'm just going to close my eyes and just go. And so I close my eyes, I hit play, and I sing. And like halfway through, I'm like, I wonder like what the reaction from people are. And you know, what is that like? What are they thinking? So I open my eyes, and everybody is just silent, staring at me. And I'm like, oh crap! Like, did I mess up? What's happening? So, uh, dude, I finished the song, and the director of the choir is like, do you want to sing in the finale that's coming up? I was like, no. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, well, I think you should do it. And so that was that was the first time I sang in front of anybody, and I, I ended up enjoying it. And from there, you know, I I picked up my mom's guitar, taught myself via YouTube by a guy named Marty Schwartz. Uh, and uh, and then I found out that girls like guys with guitars, especially if you're an athlete. Oh yeah. And you were both there, you were both then, because I feel like it's either yeah. one or the other. Like you're either playing yeah. the guitar, you're getting the girls. You're playing football, you're getting the girls. Well, you put right. them together. That's not fair. You're cheating the system. Right, right, right. So you know that you know I ended up getting homecoming king, like all the all the like the social things. Like I became that guy. You were the guy. You were the yeah, guy. You can say guy, it. I'm gonna like... say it. You were the guy. <laughs> so, you were the guy. Uh, Motivation magnet. You were the freaking guy. Right. So and dude, what was funny is that like High School Musical had come out right about that time. And Perfect. so everybody was like, oh, that's our, like, that's our Zach Efron. Troy like, Bolton. That's yeah, your, right. You're and the I'd Troy like, Bolton. They would like <laughs> it in like a negative way, but I'd be like, I'll take it, bro. Have you seen take that guy? It. Like, dude, I, right. I'm seriously. Cool <laughs> like, I am, if that's the reputation you want to give me of all the things you could choose in high school, gladly. And take so, Troy Bolton. Hell right. yeah. And so ended up playing, uh, playing ball. So I was playing football and baseball through that. Uh, ended up going to junior college after my senior year. Uh, and then out of junior college, I got a scholarship to go play at William and Mary out in Virginia for baseball. Um, and so during my junior college years, I would just screw around. Like music be kind of came this diary for me, like when failures and like stress of the world and specifically sports got the best of me, I would just go write a song or whatever, you know? And so, um, I recorded some songs with some buddies of mine and just like for fun, like I didn't think I'd ever do anything with them. Like I written them. I didn't know if they were good, like whatever. (laughs) Like nobody at William and Mary uh, knew that I sang. Like I didn't tell anybody. Like I like I brought my guitar, but like I never really played it in front of anybody. So you like, wouldn't I, take it to a party and be like, "Watch this." Right. So not my first year there. My second year there, I was like, "Yeah." What's yeah. That? And this team would come over. I'm like, "Yeah, come on in, girl." Like you know. So yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So my first year there, my junior year when I transferred in, like I was just the California transfer for baseball. Like that was it. And right. So, um, and so one day, like I just decided, screw it. I'm going to put these on SoundCloud and, and just like post it to Facebook and see what happens. And happens. those songs got downloaded like hundreds and hundreds of times. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like, that's cool. Right. I don't really know what that means, but, 
Uh, and so then a friend of mine reached out who worked for uh, Alma Mater Productions. But at the time, that was basically like the student activities person. And so they would, in okay. one of the lodges at school, they would like have people do 30 minutes or an hour set of entertainment, whether that's comedy, whether that's a play, like whatever. So they invited me to, to come sing for an hour. And the entire athletic department came to me singing. And nobody knew if I was like good or anything. So uh, <laughs> I like, just see what happens. Right. Yeah, so I was like, damn, like this is pretty cool. And so, uh, so I, I, I fell in love with performing in front of people. It was just a really good time. It was really fun to, to play music and have other people just be like smiling and drinking right. and, like, a good time. Right. Having so I did time. that once, once a semester for the rest of college. And so my senior year of college, um, I tore my labrum rotator cuff and, the, and my MCL on my left knee. Uh, within two Jeez. weeks, and so uh, shoulder, I did a, a power clean. When I did it, it caught and just came out. And oh. then my knee, I got in a collision at first base, and my cleat stuck, and it just popped. So uh, I ended up, I ended up redshirting that year. And uh, to be eligible for the next year, because I was already on pace to graduate, I had to get into a master's program uh, because you have to be degree seeking. And so, uh, dude, my, <laughs> I got my undergraduate in American studies, which is a liberal arts degree and it's because right. I transferred in and all my credits didn't transfer. And so, right, so like, you're like, give me out, give me four years. Give me it yeah. got me eligible. Like I'm just doing right. it. And then the only one year programs for masters were education. I was like, I don't see myself being a teacher. Like that would maybe coaching, but like not a teacher. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and then the other option was I could do American studies master's degree. I was like, I already got one of Go those. For it. Good. Double it up. Right? Like, yep. and then, uh, then the other option was accounting. And I was like, you know what? Like I've always wanted to get into business. I wanted to go to business school when I transferred in, but I couldn't because of my credits. Um, let's do accounting. I had never taken an accounting class in my life. I knew <laughs> what I was doing. And so I had to get to be eligible for the fall. I had to take an entire undergraduate accounting degree in one summer. And so I got surgery May 2nd of 2014. Uh, and I was expected to do an undergraduate summer program like May 18th. Like that was the first time. How, how many classes? I so, took accounting like one and two and that was right, horrible. Right. So we had like managerial accounting, taxation, yep. uh, mergers and acquisitions, accounting information systems. Um, and there was another one, maybe it was like forensic accounting or something, but yeah. like all those classes were like eight days, 12 days, 14 days, 12 days. Just hammer it into you. And so at 7am you'd start class, you'd get a one hour lunch break at 11 and then you'd go back to class until 5pm. Well, my schedule, because I'd just gotten done with surgery, I would get up at seven, go to class. I'd stop at the 11 o'clock lunch break. I'd, I'd drive over to the athletic department, rehab my shoulder get a snack, come back, go to class till five. So by the time 5 p.m. rolled around, the last thing I wanted to do was stare at another number. Seriously. And so when my arm got healthy enough, um, I would just go, there's a place in Williamsburg called Colonial Williamsburg, which if you've ever been there, it's pretty self-explanatory, but they, it's a reenactment of colonial times. So like 1700s. Wow, okay. And it's just okay. massive, like, it's like Disneyland for retired historians, like, that are <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, like, so it's just, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also awesome, awesome if you love history. It's right at the end of our campus. And so there's this district, like a main street with a bunch of really, really nice restaurants. And so one night I just go down there and I just busk. I open my guitar case. I sit on a tree planter 
and I just start busking and I start raking in like 350 bucks a night. And the most I ever made was like 550 in five hours. Good for you. Friday night. And so I had an agreement uh, with the restaurant I was sitting outside of. I was like, they said, Hey, we'll let you sit there. We won't call the cops for loitering because every time that you play, we sell like anywhere from three to six bottles of wine every night that you play extra. That's than awesome. And so I was like, all right, dope. So like, you're going to let me play here. And they would give me a burger, which was the cheapest thing on their menu. And it was but like one of those places. Where, yeah. It was like one of those places where like the food is so fancy that it doesn't really taste good. And so like, burger, right. like, for you're them, like that's what I wanted like, anyways. It was like a $23 yeah. burger. And I was like, sure, I'll take it. Like, great. Hell and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I would do that. And well, while I was up there doing that, um, <laughs> I had three different people with ties to Nashville meet me in one week, like literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whenever I was playing Tuesday, Thursday. Right. right? So, uh, one of them, they were their son. It was a mother. Her son was the manager for love and theft, which is a country band here in town. I big country music fan. Love really? love and theft. Okay. So yes. yeah. So the mom of the manager of love and theft happened to be walking by and she listened to me. The second one was a former editor at billboard magazine in Nashville. Yep. And the third one was uh, a friend of mine. His family had ties to the Warren Brothers, which country music fans don't know who the Warren Brothers are, but they're two really prolific songwriters here in town. They've written a ton of Tim McGraw's music. They've written a ton of Jason Aldean stuff. Like, I guarantee you, if you Google the Warren Brothers country songwriters, you will You're gonna... see 20 to 25 songs you know, and you'll be like, oh, cool. Wow. And so I was like, all right, like maybe I'll check out Nashville after I'm done playing. And so sure enough, I'll finish up. I end up graduating with a master's of accounting degree somehow by the grace of God. Good for you uh, though. <laughs> right. So I got it. Uh, refused to take the CPA cause I just hated accounting. It was just yeah. a nightmare. Um, right. and, so, and so I visited Nashville, ended up loving it. Um, and so I moved here, uh, didn't know anybody, didn't have a job, like had no idea what to do. And so moved just here. chasing your dreams, man. Right. Just going for it. Right. And so I, I, I got here and that's August of 2015 that I moved here to Nashville. So five years ago now. Um, and my mom does consulting out in California and she, she had just worked with a, a group that NASA was a part of and they needed an accountant to work remotely at the time. And, uh, and so I, my first job out of college was to do accounting and project management as a, as a NASA intern fellow, which is kind of just legal jargon to means that like you're, <laughs> You're a glorified That's intern. big time, though. Right. You're a glorified intern, essentially. And so big time. I, I worked for, I can say that I worked for NASA, had a NASA.gov security clearance, the whole thing. That was my first That's job. wild. Yeah. And so then That's after that, wild. Uh, I worked in financial planning with Northwestern Mutual after that. And while I was doing that, I know that I've talked for like 12 minutes straight. But this Keep is really going. Cool. Keep going. No, we're, oh. we're, this is what the whole, this is what we want. <laughs> Keep going. All right. Perfect. Also, I'm sitting outside and it's beautiful. Well, you're probably hearing cicadas, so sorry. I like it. No, you're uh, good. So while I was uh, working at, at Northwestern Mutual, um, <laughs> this is this is gonna be crazy. So just like lock in. I'm uh, I'm locked in. I'm, let's lock in. Let's great. go. Great. So uh, while I was living in Nashville, I was still writing with people, right? And so like one of the things there was a place here called the Workshop on Music Row in Nashville, which was a 24-hour yep. songwriter space, right? So basically, pay a membership. You go there, other people are there, and you're like, hey, do you want to write a song today? And you just write a song. And so That's so I would, cool, though. I, yeah. So I would, I would like, so I, would, cool. I would work, and then when I was done with working, I'd run over there, write a song with somebody, and then go home. Uh, and so like two years into living in Nashville, I had about 150 songs that I'd written. 
Um, I feel like I, we, we've had some, I have had a couple people on here that are like down in Nashville too. And you guys yeah. just have hundreds of songs. Oh, so many, dude. And that, that was before I even became a songwriter professionally where people were paying me to do it. And so my, my total now, apart from that, in two years, I've written 220 plus songs. I, where does it come from? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, just like, it's just there. Yeah. Just, it's like a diary entry. Once it's, you, a diary, you get, it's a diary. That's the best way get, anybody's explained that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get into the groove of it, you just, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes your thoughts lead you to the song. Sometimes an instrument leads you to your thoughts, which lead you to a song. I just, it kind of, you just sit there and see what happens. And right. some days you show up to the right and you got nothing and you just go drink tequila instead. Like that, you get the song right and you you, go to the bar. Does that ever get you to the point that you're like, all oh, right, now let's write a song. And then, and then you're like, Hey, I've got a good idea for a song. And I was like, all right, let's go back and write let's it. Do it. <laughs> you know? There we go. Uh, so I'm, I'm working at Northwestern Mutual and I, I'd worked with a producer who ended up just being a shark, like just really shady. Some stuff happened. Right. Um, and, and so I had, sw- I had sworn off music because there was a girl as well that I would worked with, I'd written songs with. And so at the time, this is going to be kind of a confusing line, but um, at the time when we would write our songs, we would then go play them in bars around Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, a great way what we, uh, to get people in the door to these bars to, to hear our songs, we're like, dude, what if we partnered with charities and like gave a spotlight to the charity? We're raising money for this charity, and it accomplishes two things. People hear our songs. They'll donate to the charity for coming and drinking and having a good time. Right. So we started doing this. Well, the girl that we would write with that set this up ended up being a total fraud, and she was stealing the money that oh. we were making and never paying it. Right. And so – um, and then there was a lot of other shady stuff, like like catfish level stuff, to where like Gross. she had emails to like talk about how she was starting a record label. Like it just got insane. And it's or a boo. Stuff. I don't know who she is. She sucks. Yeah, but because of those two things, I was like, dude, people in the music industry are sketchy. Like, screw it, I'm out. Like, I'm not gonna, right. I'm not gonna do this. And so at, about that time, it was probably like February of 2018, I think. Um, I'm working in a financial planning firm, Northwestern Mutual here in Nashville, uh, wearing a suit every day. And the voice reached out to me about going on their show. And they're like, dude, you're going to be able to skip the line. Like you're going to go straight to the producers and sing for them. And if they give you the green light, like you're on the show. And in my head, I was like, I hate music people. I don't trust any of them. Right. I would love to know, like I'm not, before I even left, I was like, I am not doing this show. I just want to know that I was good enough to do it if I wanted to. So like you that, didn't do it? That's what I told myself. So I go out, they fly me out to LA. I sing for the producers and uh, <laughs> I end up making the show. Uh, and they hand me, they hand me the contract. It's like a hundred page contract. They're like, get us back, get this back to us in three days. And I'm, okay. I'm like, nah, I'm good. What? And so dude, while I'm there, uh, while I'm there, uh, they they basically put you in groups and you kind of travel with that group everywhere. Okay. Right? So one of the girls that was there, her name is Cammie Smith. She's 15, unbelievably good singer. She's from Atlanta. Right. If you're under 18. Your parents had to be with you because you're not legal yet. Right. So, right. Uh, so she was in my group and me and her mom hit it off. We were talking about our churches uh, and our upbringings and kind of like just yep. talking about life really. And yep. um, uh, really talking about how like, how God in life, it's like, dude, what? Like, it's like crazy. I, 
I was I was raised in the church my whole life, and so that's me been too. Yeah, a huge part of my life. But like, there's times where you're like, "Hey, God, like, uh, I know you're you're like the song, like the storyteller of my life, but dude, I don't know what you're doing. You know, yeah, like, like, if you could help me out here, yeah, you could right, give me right. a little hint. I know that I shouldn't be the one writing the story, but I think you're doing a bad job. I know yeah. I'm not the one <laughs> like, I'm not loving what's going on. So, right. so you're I'm, in, you're in, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You're in LA. Yeah. You didn't, you got the green light for the voice yeah. and you said, fuck it. No. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm in LA, I meet this woman and we hit it off. We're traveling together because her daughter, um, and they're in Atlanta and this is really important for a later part of our story. So bookmark okay. that bookmark, bookmark that. And now bookmark. we're moving forward. Listen people bookmark. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so dude, so that's probably like March ish. Right. And so the, the, the casting director keeps calling me like every couple of weeks saying like, Hey, at the time I think it was 25. They're like, you're a 25 year old, uh, pop star. Like that's what you want to be. Um, you don't have much time left because of your age. Like this is going to be the closest you get to Maroon five, like your favorite band. Right. Ever. And I was like, all right, cool. Like whatever. And so I was like, all right, let me think about it. I go to the Kentucky Derby. One of my college roommates, uh, he lives in Louisville, him and his wife, they would have us out for the Kentucky Derby every year. I'm jealous. That sounds like a bl- I want to go yeah. so bad. And so, dude, it is a hell of a time. Uh, mint juleps are extremely dangerous. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so I go to the <laughs> I go to the, the Kentucky Derby, and and the casting director calls me while I'm at like one of the pregame parties. And dude, I wa- I remember I walked out into the alley, and uh, she's like, "Hey, it's it's Michelle." Like. Uh, you know, so like, what's your, are, have you made a decision? Like, what are you doing? And I've had about four or five mint juleps in me. And I'm right. like, I don't give a rip about anything. Like I'm having <laughs> a good time. Like, I'm just going to let it fly. And she's like, I think you're making the biggest mistake of your career. And I was like, you know what, Michelle? And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, name anybody that's come off of your, your, and had success from your show and uh she goes you know well ray lynn and then there was another girl that she had mentioned um at the time now it would be uh uh crap what's his name morgan wallen yeah morgan wallen thank you i can't believe i just blanked on that Um, (laughs) so uh so she's named all these country guys like great so i'm not a country person who has had success other than that and she named some girl that like had some commercials use her music. And I was like, all right, great. That's okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, look, because of that reason, I'm not going to do your show. The show that you do is strictly for the coaches on it. And nobody comes off of it and has any success. And from what I've been told and basically what your, your contract looks like, even if you do come off the show and you win it or whatever, you win the money and then you kind of sign your soul away to whoever right. after that. And so I was like, right. I'm not doing your show. And she's like, okay. And I was like, have a great time. Hung up, walked back in the party. And I was like, I, th- I think, I was like, I hope I didn't just make a huge like, mistake, right? So, I mean, it's that's a pretty big flex, though, to walk back right. into a party and be like, I just turned down the voice. Right, right. So I turned down the voice. Uh, and so fast forward a couple, a couple months later, or a couple weeks later, uh, I'm sitting in Nashville. I have a, a client meeting to talk about pension plans uh, at a bar here in Nashville. It's, a, it's called San Anejo. And uh, 
it was a Thursday night and my buddy had asked me to fill in for a writer's round. Songwriters rounds are um, basically you show up, usually four people sit on a stage and it's, yep. a, it's one person sings a song, next person sings a song, next person sings a song, next person, and then you go back to the beginning go and back. do it again for three okay. rounds. Okay. And it's a way to showcase the songs you've written. So my buddy, he's like, hey, I know you haven't played in a while. I know you're kind of like not really loving the music thing. Just for old time's sake, come play with me for one round. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll do it. I haven't done it in a while. Let's do it. Right. And so I text the family in Atlanta that I had met at uh, The Voice, the Book, mom. This is really bookmark. 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 I text them because they always said, next time you're playing, we're going to drive up and we'll watch you play. And she said, and the reason was they also wanted to meet some vocal coaches here. There were some music people right. they wanted to meet. So it was kind of killing a couple birds with one stone. And so they drive up. I walk into San Anejo in my suit about to talk pension plans, and they're sitting in the booth right there. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, guys, like, show's not for another couple hours. Right. They're getting a head start. So we're at the booth, um, and I was like, hey, the, the show is not for another couple hours. Um I didn't know you guys were here. I would have come and gotten lunch with you. I was like, let me go talk pensions real quick. And yep. I'll come back. <laughs> and, back. Uh, yeah. And I'll come back and I'll sit down with you guys and, and we'll talk a little bit. And there was a guy in like a really, really well-dressed, like had like suede shoes, like corduroy clothing on. I'm like, okay, clearly that guy's in the music industry, which immediately right. at that time I was like, screw this dude. Screw that guy. And so, <laughs> like, I don't care who you are, whatever. Oh. Uh, and so I finish up, sit down, uh, introduce myself shake hands with with uh cammy's dad who i hadn't met yet he wasn't out there at the trip and so we're sitting there and cammy's dad looks at me and she was planning on doing the voice like hey i heard that you weren't doing the voice and uh and i was in a really bad mood that day like i was just again i was like i don't care about anything which pensions right i was like you know i don't it's like whatever money great um so uh he, he keeps asking me these questions. He keeps badgering me about the voice. And I finally, I crack, dude. I just crack. I look at the guy across the table from me that's dressed nice in the music industry. I was like, hey, you. I had no idea what his name was. Like, <laughs> just look at him. If I got 30,000 followers from a reality TV shows, but 100 people are going to like my post every time I post to show minimal engagement, are you going to sign that person? And he goes, no. And I was like, and... If there's going to be a new season within six months of me coming off of that show perpetually for a couple more years, that's like buying an iPhone 7 when the iPhone 10 came out, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I'm not doing the show. This guy looks back at me, no idea who I am, no idea what I sound like, says, I don't know you, don't know if you're even good at music, but God's telling me that I'm supposed to help you with music. What? My jaw hits the floor while simultaneously wanting to punch this man in the face. I'm yeah, because like, music guys suck. Right. I was like, right. music guys suck. And who are you? What? Like, right. you know, like, and so um, he's like, <laughs> he's like, all right, I wasn't planning on this. I don't even know if you're good at music, but I'm going to come to your show tonight. I'm like, all right, great. And I walked out and go to the show. And uh, I get on stage, I sing my songs, and whenever I play music, I just it, I get filled with joy. I have a great time, and so I smile. And, uh, right. and, and so I come off afterwards, I played three songs, come off the stage. And uh, I go up to him, and I'm about to shake his hand, and he looks at me, he goes, fuck you. And I'm like, excuse me? And he goes, fuck you. And I'm like, uh, why? And he's like, if you think that you're not supposed to do music, you're insane. 
And I was like, oh, he's like, my name's Jeff Gregg. Uh, I'm one of the <laughs> head guys at CAA, the agency. Oh, now, shit. for people who don't know music, CAA is the biggest booking agent in the world. You've, if you're a sports fan, you've also heard that they represent a lot of your favorite players. J.J. Watt, they, they represent all sorts of people, like across all sports. They're massive, massive, massive company. And he's wow. one of the heads, or I, I, would, I shouldn't say the heads, but he's one of the higher ups at CAA. Right, here right, now. right. And uh, he's like, I want you to come by my office. And I was like, all right, great. Um, <laughs> so uh, I end up going to his office and I look at him. I was like, dude, this is why I'm not doing music. Everybody in music is a shark. They're just terrible people. Right. Uh, don't really care about them. And, right. uh, and on top of that, like one day I'd love to be married and have kids. And music, if it goes as well as I would hope that it would go, dude, you become a king. And there is no such thing as no in your life. You want right. girls? Girls are at every corner. You want drugs? Drugs are all over the place. You, you want alcohol? You want money? You want yachts? You want? If it goes it's really well, yeah. then every vice that a person can have immediately shows up. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to do it because I will probably give into all that stuff. Not all right. of it, a lot of it. Right. Uh, you know, like I'll start feeling. I like, take oh, a yacht. Right. Right. I take a yacht. I take beautiful girls. Maybe yeah. not the drugs, but yeah. Alcohol, maybe neither. I'm not the. I'm not a drug guy. I wouldn't take yeah, drugs. Yeah. The alcohol. So maybe, yeah. Maybe not that, but uh, <laughs> so, so he's like, all right, well, think about it, pray about it, come back and talk to me. I was like, all right, whatever. And so uh, meet with him a couple more times and, uh, you know, we're talking through it. And so fast forward, I don't know when this is. This is probably, I don't know. So at that time, I go back to work and uh, there was a person, <laughs> this is, I don't know how to say this legally, but I'm going to try this. Yeah. Okay. Do um, it. Let's do it. So somebody at my work um, who was who was married at the time uh, let me know that they had feelings for me beyond a professional capacity, which is a huge HR violation, right? And so big HR, uh, yeah, right. Like, and and I'm I'm not gonna say who it was. Uh, I don't. It's not to out them. It's not to get them in trouble. But it's part of the story. So um, my prayer request up to that point was like, hey God, like I need you to figure out like it. Do I go music? Do I stay finance? Like, what do you want me to do? Right. Right. So, um, the next day, this person told me that they had feelings for me beyond a professional capacity that was, that was, uh, that was married. Um, and so I, I was also planning to go see Jeff who works at CAA just after that. Like that was my second thing to do on the day. And so I, I call him on the way over to his office. I'm like, Hey man, like, so here's what happened. I think I might've gotten my answer on what I'm supposed to do. Um, you know, and he's like, well, Hey, come by. Uh, just so you know, the Smith family just happened to be here today. And I was like, wait, what? And so the Smith family is Bookmark. 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 What? The Smith family is Bookmark. And so they randomly were in town that day. Uh, and this story is perfect. Right. And so and so the same the same couple, you know, the same family that I met, and we talked about our faith, we talked about God and all that kind of stuff in LA just happens to be in Nashville that day. And so, um, <laughs> dude, so I go over to this place. So CAA is downtown in Nashville. And right. at the bottom of CAA, there's a Pandera, uh, a Panera. Sorry, I'm just okay. saying pandemic. I almost said pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That is so good. That's so, awesome. I was going to be the title of this episode. Yeah. Love so, it. There's a, there's a Panera at the bottom. And so I meet with Jeff. We talk briefly about what to do. And 
he said, look, man, God's trying to open a door for you. You should check it out. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. And, and so like our relationship at this point went, for, you know, we're no longer saying fuck you to each other. We're saying like, okay, I trust you. You're trustworthy. Right. Guy, so I'm right. So like, well, hey, let's go see the Smiths. They're downstairs at Panera getting some breakfast. So we go down there. I'm sitting there uh, and, Je- and they're like, hey, how's things going with you and Jeff? And I was like, they're going good. And so Jeff went back up. He's like, I got to go to a meeting. I got to go back upstairs. He goes back upstairs. I'm talking and sitting there with Smiths. As I'm sitting there, the girl that stole the charity money walks it what yeah so the girl that stole the charity money walks in dude and i have not seen this girl in ages do you let her have it dude so she walked right back out of the panera but the last time i saw this (laughs) did she see you yeah i think so Uh, that's why she probably walked right back out but the last time i saw this girl she was getting arrested like i like she it turns out she was like a like she had some things on her record right she was like legit like like go to jail so yikes i have yikes. I'm like damn that's insane and so i was like all right like that's weird and so i go back to my to, to work um and i tell my mentor who's he, he knows all everything that's going on and i'm like dude i've had a strange day like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> This has yeah, just been you could say that day. at the least strange. Right. Yeah. And I was like, dude, and you know what's what's crazy is like, and I told him this, and I was like, dude, I just feel like something's wrong with my dad. I have a weird feeling, like I'm gonna get a phone call, and like something is wrong with my dad. Um, so to tell this next part of the story, I got to tell a part before that. Um, are you still with me? Because you're frozen. Well, okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Great. So. Um, <laughs> So every Sunday since I left uh, for school, uh, me and my parents have a phone call. Every Sunday, without fail, if I miss that phone call, my my mom will send a SWAT team to find the guy that buried my body. Right, right, right. Do not not miss this phone call because your life depends on it. Um, And so uh, this was a Monday. All this stuff that was happening was a Monday. Okay. Um, So uh, (laughs) – I tell my mentor, uh, I just, I feel like something's wrong with my dad. So I go home and I, I like binge watch lost in space. The first season on Netflix for like the rest okay. of the Awesome show. Awesome so, show. Yep. um, so I'm sitting there and my mentor calls me. He's like, Hey man, I just wanted to check in on how you're doing. Like, it's been a really, really rough day. Like, you know, what, where's your head at with everything? He used to be a pastor before he was in finance. So, you know, we're just kind of talking and right. the prayer request between my community group that we kind of was a buzzword for us was painfully obvious. My prayer was, Lord, make it painfully obvious which direction I'm supposed to go. Right. And my roommate is cooking in our kitchen and a former athlete. We worked together at the time and he's like, dude, this looks painfully obvious to me. And he's like laughing and he's like, dude, I like, this is weird. This is weird. And so I'm like, all right, man, like whatever. And cause at this time I'm like, still like, I don't know if I want to do music. And, uh, and so my mentor, you know, he's talking to me and I'm kind of just venting all this stuff to him. And, uh, we hang up the phone and, um, my mom calls me and it's like, it's like 8 PM. My mom calls, I pick up the phone. I'm like, what's wrong? Right. Oh, like, you know, your days, how's your day? Like, what are you up to? And I was like, mom, Sunday was yesterday. I already know what you did last week. This isn't like, what is wrong? What happened? Right. She goes, so your dad, um, 
your dad is going to be getting open heart surgery. And I was like, what? And so my dad had kidney failure. And so he needed to go to dialysis and they needed to run his blood to clear it for him, so on and so forth. Well, through dialysis, he ended up getting an infection from the equipment. Um, And so it nested in his heart. So he had MRSA and that was masking a different infection that was actually in his heart. And so they had to cut him open and his heart was really fine, but they just, they had to get this thing because there was like, I think it was less than 50% chance, like 48% or something that he was going to come out of this surgery. Okay. And so I was like, all right, great. Like I'll fly home and, um, and we'll see what's going on. And, and so I, um, I hang up, I hang up the phone. Jeff Gregg calls me CAA. Oh boy. Um, and I remember looking at my roommate in the kitchen. I was like, this is going to be the phone call. He doesn't want to work with me anymore. The way that this day is gone. <laughs> way that this like, day is happening. With- like, hey, you know what? You're good kid, but we'll see you out there. And right. so, uh, so I pick up the phone. And I walk out to my front yard, and Jeff goes, Willie, you know, I got a really strange feeling, but I felt like God told me to call you. And I was like, what? And, oh, no. I'm dumbfounded. Dumbfounded right now. I thought it froze again. I thought it froze again because I couldn't hear you or see you. No, that was me being dumbfounded. Yeah, okay. So, so he goes, yeah, I feel like God was telling me that I needed to call you. And I was like. Jeff, let me tell you about the day I had. <laughs> and so I, I run through the entire the entire day for him. And he looks at me and he's like, Willie, you don't need to believe me, but I think that God's trying to make a point here and that you need to tune into it. And I was like, maybe. Like, all right. So, you know, let's see what this music thing's about. So uh, I end up uh, within about three weeks uh, meeting with some publishing companies, which publishing is songwriting houses, basically. Right. Okay. And, uh, and I, I met with them and, and I became a professional songwriter within two or three weeks after that. That's crazy. Yeah. Insane. So what was your, what was your first song that when you finally, like you worked with your publishing company, you're like, okay, this is my song that your first single. Um, so the first song we released was a song called dance. Uh, okay. and uh, it's on, it's all, it's out. You can go find it. Um, right. but, uh, the reason we released that song is because target wanted to use it in a Halloween commercial. And so really on called dance and the story behind dance, uh, I wanted to release it, but we weren't planning on releasing it first. Um, right. and so we released it when I walked into the, the writer's room that day, it was a Friday. Uh, I was writing with Thomas Fincham and Lucas Aarons might not mean anything to you, but those are the guys I wrote it with in Nashville that day. That's cool. Um, Hi Thomas. Uh, yeah, he's yeah right? <laughs> so, so I, uh, dude, I, I, I show up to the right and I literally, I look at them and I've written, you know, six songs that week. And I'm like, dude, let's do something weird. Like let's do something like Sinatra walked into a Gatsby party and tripped acid. What a crazy way to describe that. Right. And so, <laughs> dude, so we just, we ran with it and it turned out crazy. And so we ended up having to release a version um, that wasn't as crazy, uh, right. and, <laughs> like a little, little tidbit here. We're planning on releasing the version that we originally did, which has this crazy warped, like literally sounds like you just dropped acid, like halfway through the song. I'm excited. I'm and we excited. had, to, we had to release the version that was being used for the commercial. 
Right, but right. The commercial version didn't have the crazy part of it. And yeah, so it had to be a little. It had to be a G-rated. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we're planning on releasing the the crazier version to it. But that was our that was our first release. Um, it was really cool. We did some really cool music video stuff for it, and that was the first one we went with. Um, after that, we released a we released an EP called Oxytocin, and yep. so Oxytocin is a chemical that the body um, provides. Uh, which is nicknamed the cuddle, the cuddle, uh, is it the cuddle drug? Yeah, the cuddle drug. I think. Hold okay. On. Let me Google it real quick to make sure I'm not sounding stupid. Um, the cuddle hormone. The cuddle hormone. hormone. Okay. Yeah, so it's a hormone, right? Um, gosh, I should know that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we were, we were trying to think of names for this project, and, and so I landed on oxytocin because I knew that I'd I'd used it in a song before, and I was like, I think I know what that means, and so I googled it, and, and it's it's about you know it's. It's the feeling you get. It's the chemical response in your body of cuddling or love or so on and so forth. Right. Like, let's roll with that. And so uh, the first song in that uh, that EP is called Sunday Call. And so I like that song a lot. Yeah. So I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, if I miss my Sunday call, it's the end of the world. Well, so back. back now story. I get it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. So full circle, full yeah. circle. So the story behind that. Also, if you haven't heard the song yet, this is not going to make any sense to you, but, but it makes sense but, to me. It makes right. sense to me. So the story behind Sunday call is, uh, I was on a date with a girl and something she said, I don't even remember what she said. I, I basically blacked out when she said it, but we're on a date and, and she said something and the, the, the songwriter in my head just started sprinting, just took right. off. Like right. as soon as she said the syncopation of syllables or of whatever she was talking about, like, boom, I was somewhere else. Right. And so I, I'm still like carrying on a conversation, nodding, smiling, like doing those things. Mm-hmm. But my head is like writing this song. Writing songs. So, <laughs> right. so, so I, I, by the end of dinner, I had figured out exactly what the song needed to be. And I was like, first verse is this second verse is this third verse chorus. And what it was, I was like, dude, there's going to come a day on a Sunday call where I'm going to have to call home and be like, I met somebody. Right. And that's going to be a crazy phone call. That's going to be a crazy phone call. And so, so the next day I had a fever a couple of days later when I tried to write it, but I was singing a song or I was singing in a writer's round and, uh, and I was in the green room like 20 minutes before and I had written the first verse felt like crap went on stage saying killed it probably maybe not and then Crunchy, uh, killed it. <laughs> uh, came off stage and and the next day I, f- I finished out the song in probably 20 30 minutes um and i i remember as soon as i finished writing it i was like that's the best song i've ever written like yeah. storytelling wise there's not a better song that i will write um i'm a huge fan and so 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 we came up with this idea. We, I'd written some other love songs with a buddy of mine that I had met at the workshop when I first moved to Nashville, uh, and we kept writing. And so he's on almost every song of that that I, uh, of that EP. And so I didn't tell my parents that this song was coming out. And when I went home, I, I went home for the release. So I flew back to California, and we were going to release the 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 week of Valentine's week. And just shock the hell out yeah. of your parents. Well, the Sunday before was going to be Sunday call. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were releasing a song every day. A day for the EP. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and each song, if you listen to it, it's the next step of the dating process. And so 
Sunday call when you listen to elegantly this. written. Oh, this right. whole process right. you have here is brilliant. So, so Sunday call is the start of like, hey, I met somebody, and then Monday the next song comes out. I don't even remember the order because I've written so many damn songs now. But hold on, let me let me. That is, it. I am mind blown right now. All of this, like, yeah, I'm trying to process it all. I'm yeah. from Smith to bookmark to <laughs> the girl stealing money from a charity to the guy saying fuck you, like. And right. It's all over the place. Right. <laughs> to the so, voice, like we've been everywhere. So, dude, Wild. So Sunday call. I told you I was gonna talk. So hopefully, I love it. Let's keep going. Uh, so, so Sunday call was the first song, and Sunday call talks about you know, hey mom, like what's up? I was thinking, by the way, uh, you know, at some point, you know, when did you and dad know that you were the ones? Like, right. how did that, what did that look like? You know, what did it feel like? What did, you know, was it, was it crazy? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it, you know, what, what happened? Um, and the reason I'm asking is because I met somebody. And at the time I didn't know, like this song wasn't about anybody. It was just the idea. Like someday I'm going to have this phone call. Have to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, um, so then the next song that we released that Monday, you know, it's Cloudy Day Confidential, which talks about kind of cuddling with somebody and like being like, hey, we could sit here and talk and learn about each other or we could just hook up. Like what, you know, right. the third, <laughs> the third song, which was that Tuesday was Atmosphere and Atmosphere is about um, just like, dude, this person makes me feel insanely good. Right. Right. Fourth song, Wednesday, Rhythm of a Woman. Rhythm of a Woman is like oh shit moment. It's like Ooh, oh shit. Like, as soon as you I, said Rhythm of a Woman, I knew. Right. And so it's like it's like dude, this person is awesome, but they are insane. Like this right. person is legitimately certifiably crazy. Yeah. And for some reason, that's okay to me. Yeah, <laughs> five of the song, five of the song called "I Always Knew." It was the fifth song. It came out that Thursday, and I always knew when we wrote it, it was we wanted the person to think that it was a breakup song at the beginning. And by the end of the song, you actually realize you it's it's a man on his wedding day. This and is so, crazy. And so that's the stages one through five of how we wrote it. And then the sixth song was the single "Falling in Love," which just is love in general, and it's not beat dance. Right. But, Have but you ever we, like put this yeah. out there like on a like a YouTube channel or something like and told this story? No, you're actually the first person. <laughs> I you got it. This is incredible. How so? If I mean. I listened to the whole, I've listened to every single one of your songs, right? Yeah. And I never would have put together that it was like in a, in a sequence of like how this is going. Yeah. And especially the Sunday call, the Sunday call is what's really getting me right now. Because yeah. now I know the whole backstory behind it. Right. So I, I, so let's go back to Sunday call for a second. So it's, it's, the, it, you know, it's songs come out midnight Eastern. I was on the West coast. So it came out at 9 PM for us. Right. And so I, I sit my parents down and I, and I videoed this. I video them like a live reaction to it. They have no idea that the song came out. I'm like, hey, I wrote a song and I want you guys to listen to it. And so they listen to it and they're bawling their eyes out. Just yeah. bawling their eyes out. And uh, uh, my dad looks at me and says, this is the best song you've ever written. And my mom is just like, that was just beautiful. That was awesome. That's awesome. We love it. And so, you know, feel good moment. We got a video uh from it and and it was great the we released the rest of the songs falling in love comes out that friday like super dope it's all going well um at this That's time awesome. at this time i also forgot that i'd uh <laughs> yeah so things are progressing really positively uh, right and so it comes time to release some new music 
And so the goal for the summer, especially when COVID hit, like plans kind of got upended. Financials in the music industry as a whole got upended because everyone was like, like money's kind of broke when you're not touring or going on tour. And so I was supposed to go on tour with a girl named Josie Dunn uh, starting the end of May and go through uh, June. And we were going to hit Nashville, Atlanta, D.C., New York, Boston, Cincinnati or Cleveland. I can't remember which one. And then we were going to go over to Detroit. And that was going to be it. I'm from Detroit. I live in Detroit. Yep. Yep. So that tour, when you come back, I'll be there. (laughs) Okay. Hook me up. Hook me up. The motivation magnet, man. I got you. I got you. So, uh, so yeah, so we were going to swing through all those cities and then COVID happened and then I got killed and I was like, all right, well, like, what am I going to do now? You know, cause I can't go play these songs. And so I was like, I got to release more music. And so I've been working with a guy named Robopop in LA. That's the name he goes by. Um, I like that. He he produced video games for Lana Del Rey. He produced Payphone for Maroon 5. He just wow. produced Weezer's most recent song, which I think went number one on Alternative. Yep. Dude's a badass. Like, dude is just insane. And so we were just – he had done Fallen in Love on Oxytocin. I was like, dude, let's just keep working together. Like, let's, right. let's come after it. And so we wrote a song, uh, and the song was called uh, – well, I had already written the song, Needed Somebody. Oh, fucking banger of a song. <laughs> it is a banger. So, so I needed somebody. Uh, you know, it was actually about the, 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 the girl I was dating at the time. I have no idea that it's about her. But it's an apology. Needed somebody right. is actually an apology. If you listen to the lyrics, it was a realization as a man that um, I believed. And, you know, this is probably still true now. And I've worked through it a bit. But I believed at the time if I dated somebody that I thought was more valuable than me, my value went up. So if I was a quarter and she was worth a dollar fifty, I am now worth, you know, two seventy five. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. It's true. Right. I'm counting. I should be able to count. I love it. I love it. So so that was that was the the ideology that I had behind dating. Um, not a healthy one, obviously. And so if you listen to the story, it's actually an apology. Unfortunately, I ended up actually cheating on that girl. And okay. um, it happens. Should happens. It, it does. And I think it was a huge learning thing for me. Um, I, to this day, I still feel terrible about it. I mean, right. Yeah. It, yeah it always will. I, I yeah. think that, that when you do something like that, there's a lot of blowback that kind of. Uh, that doesn't get talked about a lot. And I think that as men, like we're not really given an opportunity to talk about our emotions a lot. Right. So agreed. hundred percent. agree. When, when they show up, we kind of just freak out. We either shut down right. or like going shut them down. Yeah. Yep. Like, or nope, just going there at all. Open, right. Going there. And, so, and so I felt really bad. And I, I, I'm telling this story to the, to a songwriting friend of mine, Robin Delunto, Canadian girl here in town. And she's like, dude, let's write it. Like, I know that that's super painful for you, but let's write it. And I was like, okay, but like, I was like kind of nonchalant about it because I was like, dude, I don't want to face that. Like that hurts. Right. Like it hurts right. to think of yourself as like being the bad guy. And right. I when won't. you mess up, it hurts. You don't want right. to think about like, it. No. Like a hundred percent my fault. Like right. not trying to say and like not trying to be um I'm fully accountable towards that. Right. Yeah. The, the thing about that is like releasing that then admits that you're an awful person, right? <laughs> right. But so, but being able but being able to admit that, hey, I messed up. 
is right. so big in being able to continue to grow throughout your whole life to be able to realize, no, 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 that was on me. I take responsibility for that. That's big. Right. hundred percent. So, so the song, when you listen to it, it's like, Hey, I, I realized, so she, t- this girl told her family that I was the one, like I was her, like I was her soulmate and I just, just, I just crushed her. And, right. um, and so if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's actually an apology saying like, baby, I'm sorry. I just needed somebody. Say I'm the only one. It almost killed you having to love me. Didn't yep. mean to hurt you. You know, so this like, is, I just have to say real quick, this yeah. is crazy to me that you're like talking me through these lyrics right now. Yeah. I swear it, it blows my, it's with the coolest thing ever that you're talking me through these lyrics right now. Awesome, like I'm man. fan, I'm fanboying hard inside. I like, hope to, I hope to do it more, man. This might be my outlet of, of letting the, the, the crazy ideas I have out and you can let's do it. Every, so, uh, I'm here. I'm here. Let's keep going. Great. So, so that's what needs somebody's about. We released the song and it admittedly, it just flopped it. Nobody listened to it. And I was really? like, yeah, I was like, that is my like silver bullet because I, I was given a budget and it was like, pick your best songs and go with it because we don't have much more than that. Right. And so it flopped when it came out. Like my friends obviously jammed to it. Like it got on some playlists on Spotify, but like it wasn't doing anything. And, right. Um, and then uh, a person at my company got me to be an emerging artist on TikTok somehow. I have no idea how. I saw it. And and all of a sudden, uh, we're getting a ton of streams. We're getting a ton of streams on Needed Somebody. And uh, and, there, and some dude, like there's one guy that's like inviting people to wine, wine TikTok and in yep. the background. And then, and it just catches like wildfire. Well, at the time, my manager was telling me, dude, you need to use TikTok. You need to use TikTok. You, you have to use TikTok. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, I hate social media. I'm terrible yep. at social media. Yeah, but it's so big. Right. So I was like, what do I even need to do on TikTok to make this happen? And so I posted do two. Do at everybody that sings it. Right. And that, so yeah. dude, I posted two videos of it. So the first one was I literally had it in the background and was just like zooming in and out of my face like, am I TikToking yet? Like, I don't know what I'm my doing. <laughs> like, Trying to figure it out. And so then uh, a couple weeks later, my manager's like, you got to post, you got to post, you got to post. And so I go on to TikTok and I literally take a video of it. And I, was, I think I put it at the top. I was like, I want my lyrics to change the world. Can you help? And the video right. just went viral. Like, I mean, yeah, didn't you get a couple million on that one? No, so only a couple hundred thousand. I don't even know if I'm at 200,000, but the song took off and then that perpetuated people using that song. Yeah. So I don't know how many we're up to on people that have used that song, but it started like people became familiar with it. Right. Uh, and so, but dude, even now, like, I think it's only at a couple hundred thousand streams on Spotify, which is it, still so cool though. Right. And so it's still like, it's still, you know, chugging along and hopefully it, it will, you know, explodes here pretty, sh- pretty soon. So um, I think it will. Like I, I honestly, it's one of those songs that is just so catchy and yeah. I can see people at like frat parties. I'm in college. Yeah. And I can see I'm playing it at parties. You <laughs> bet your ass I'm playing it at parties. And I it's just it. like it's there. So yeah. no, I think I'm a huge fan of that song. Awesome. Well, yeah, so we're hoping to get a little bit more push on that one. But then we released a song called Come Through. Yeah. Come Through was the next one that we did. And I actually wrote that during quarantine, like by myself. I I made a loop. And if you go on my Instagram, onto my Instagram IGTV thing, you can see the original video I posted when I actually made the song in real time. So what I was doing, I would 
I would uh, make a loop. I would make a song and I'd post it to Instagram and be like, what do you guys think this sounds like? What does this sound like? Like, like throw me anything. So people at the time were like right. war zone. They're throwing me like all sorts of stuff. And, um, and a girlfriend of mine here in Nashville, who's a songwriter, her name is Anna. And okay. she, she just put her name in it. That's and, awesome. And I was like, I was like, all right, like I could use that. And right. so some, some of the other words were like, um, I think it was, I think it was dream team. Um, there was dream team. There was Corona. There was, <laughs> it had, someone had to be Corona. Right. Yeah. Like, like there was a bunch of stuff and it's the middle of quarantine. I was like, all right, I'm going to use all the, I'm going to use everything I can to get in this song. I'm going to try and do. Right. And so, um, so I ended up writing the song and I'm like, okay, like I'll just write a song for Anna about Anna. who's a friend of mine. And like, we'll just roll with it and see what happens. Let's do it. Yeah. I ended up loving the song. And so if you listen to it in the, going in the chorus, it says, Anna, I'll be singing to you. It's about my yep. friend Anna now that you should come through. And <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this is crazy. <laughs> awesome. And so like, if you, you know, at the beginning in the, in the verse, you know, uh, she's sweet like summertime. She's cool as a breeze. Um, she's like Corona Lime. I think I found my beach. Well, somebody had said beach. It makes me feel like, yeah. I'm and somebody said Corona. corona. I was like, all right, like got that. Check. Boom. And so the, the tricky ones were at the end where I had to get Dream Team. Well, everybody was watching the last dance at that time. And yeah. so doing, yeah. uh, doing the rap in the, in the bridge at the end of the song, Yep. I talk about like, you know, we could be, uh, or we could weave like a Dream Team or whatever I'm saying. I'm kind of rapping during that part. And uh, I think I said, oh, somebody said quarantine. So I was like, this quarantine thing got me thinking of such. What I'm thinking, I'll be thinking that I'm thinking too much. Stop thinking about, start thinking of you. Then I'm thinking of me. Then I'm thinking about the how the two might turn to we. Then we should see what we could be if we could be unquarantined. Like 92, this is where it was in. Like 92, man, we could weave, call this a team made up of dreams. That's, that was, that was that slaps, dude. That's, so, the fact that people just like threw it at you and like, let's plug it. Let's plug right. it. And so, I love that. That's how that came together. And so uh, we recorded a few other songs that we're hoping to get out. Um, but uh, because of kind of the way things are going with pandemic and, and finances from the company, the goal was, and this is here, here's your little tidbit of the future. Here's my tip. This, uh, is, this is what I dream for is these tidbits. So, so the first EP was called Oxytocin. Yep. The second EP, which these two would be a part of, there's three other songs that we're hoping to release at some point if we can. Uh, that's going to be called Serotonin. Serotonin. Serotonin is the feel-good chemical that you get when you do things that you. That's like. all we needed, people. And so the third one that we're going to release hopefully in the fall is called Dopamine. This and is on. This is on Serotonin. This other EP. No, 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 no. This is a completely other EP. Oh shit! So there's a you're there's just a, get, this is your this is your track. Yeah, like you're what, you're going what, with this. Happening in the future, and so the third one is uh is called dopamine, and it's kind of a darker, like lustfully, like heavy hitting right. type. Like it's like it's upbeat, like it's super dope songs, um, but it's it's kind of like the flip side. And so the idea right. being, I'm identifying all the chemicals that produce actions in the human body and okay I'm, I'm gonna do a couple of those eps titled with the chemicals and i'm excited and so that will be phase one and that's gonna lead to a bigger 
meta story uh that i won't tell you at this time but you've got so you've got all these things planned out and it just comes dude, in your head i've got i've got 15 albums already planned what i know exactly it's just all so but like so if you've got everything in your head right yeah and but you're still just constantly writing all the time yeah so basically trying to beat the songs i already have for those albums or That's some awesome. of them some of them i have the concept of it and i need to write towards the concept right 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 so like you know, for instance, you have the sign behind you on the wall there that says Traveler. Okay, so if Traveler is my goal, what are songs that can contain the theme Traveler? Okay. So, so you look at something and you're like, okay, and then we... Right. Okay. No, no, I like that. Then Oxytocin. What is Oxytocin? Well, that's love songs. What was right. the EP about? Love songs. Serotonin. What is serotonin? Feel oh, good. Feel good chemicals. So it's feel good songs. All those songs are feel good. Dopamine. I like those. That makes you feel like, ooh, like it kind of like, it's kind of stings, but dopamine, you think drug addiction, like you think all those kinds of things. It's kind of right. like darker side of pleasure. Right. That, that's going to be about. I'm excited. So that's the plan. Is there any like tours coming up soon or anything not like so, that? Nothing not with the pandemic? pandemic? Yeah, not till the pandemic gets cleared up and then hopefully right. that, that helps. All right, but when you, come, when you come to Detroit, We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. If you've yeah. got, so let's let's end it with this. If you got one piece of advice that you can give out to the people listening, whether that be about music, that be about sports, or just life in general, what would it be? One piece of advice. Um. All right. Here's here. This is the first thing that popped in my head. Now I thought long about it. I probably come up with something different, but. Failure is the greatest tool you will ever experience in life. Deep. And so don't be afraid of failure even when it hurts because it it turns you into the person that uh, that you're being called to be. That's right. I love that. That's that's a piece of advice. I love it. No, like, and that's something that we don't talk about a lot is like if you think failure, like, shit, you know, I failed. And you don't think about all the upsides that when you make mistakes and you fail – how you grow from it and learn from it. Yeah. yeah. So like I love it. Greatest teacher there is. And it's it. because most of the it time sucks. you're not good enough. Right. I love it. Willie, you're the man. This was tons of fun. Uh, the stories you have are unbelievable to me. Remember <laughs> people bookmark, remember bookmark. That is the biggest <laughs> title here. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Willie, you're the man. I appreciate it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys, huge shout out to Willie for coming on the show. I really wanted just to talk about real quick, you know, what he said at the end about failure, right? I think we're all afraid to fail, right? And it is, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to make mistakes. You know, we want to be great. We want to do good things, but he's right when failure can be one of the greatest things that happen to you because when you fail, you grow. When you make a mistake, you grow to learn from those mistakes is how you grow right? So know that just can, just because you messed up, just because you failed, doesn't necessarily mean that that is the worst thing that's happened in your life. So next time you mess up, let's try and look on the bright side of things. Yeah, we have to admit when we've done wrong, we have to admit that we've messed up. You have to take accountability for your actions, right? If you're not taking accountability for your actions and what you did wrong, you're never going to be able to grow. So make sure we're admitting to ourselves our own faults, our own flaws, and we're growing. We're getting better. 
we're putting those things in the past. How many times do I have to say it? We cannot worry about tomorrow and we cannot think about yesterday, right? Because we're moving forward. We're here right now. What did Jeremiah say? Be where your feet are, right? Think about right now. Worry about right now. Worry about what you can control right now, okay? So again, huge shout out to Willie. Tons of fun. I am absolutely ecstatic for his new EP. Again, if you haven't listened to his stuff, you got to check it out. You absolutely 110% have to check it out. It's some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So let's do our five daily reminders, okay? Number one, you are amazing. I want you guys to all know how amazing each and every single one of you you are. Like, it's incredible. You're all so unique. You're all amazing. Remember that. Number two, you can and will achieve anything you want. Anything you want. If you set your mind to it that you're going to do it, you can achieve it. So chase those dreams. Chase those goals. Number three, positivity is a choice. Make the right choice. It is so easy to be down in the dumps, to not be positive, to look at things glass half empty. Look at things glass half full. Be positive. Make the right choice. Number four, your limitations are only in your imagination. Don't set limitations on yourself. They're not real. And number five, don't settle, period. Don't settle for anything. Know your worth. You're worth everything. Remember that. So remember those things, guys. Every We're going to talk about it, and I know I feel like I even get annoyed with myself, but there's some things that we just need to know. Every single day, wake up, say it to yourself, listen to this. You're amazing. You can achieve anything. Positivity is a choice. Your limitations are only in your imagination, and don't settle, period. Okay? Know those. Live those. Love those. Uh, song of the day. You guys already know. Willie Shaw needed somebody. That song absolutely claps. Uh, it is the perfect song to just pump you up, get you going. It's happy stuff, right? It's just, it. it's the mood. It's the vibe. That's what we're listening to today. And for the next couple weeks, I love it. It's absolutely awesome. It's what I've been listening to. It's what I'm going to keep listening to. Okay. So what's going on with the show? Um, what are we doing? How are we doing? Okay. Let's talk. Who I want one of my listeners, one of you guys to reach out to me and come on the show. Okay, seriously, let's do it. Let's share your story. Let's help each other be positive. Let's motivate each other, okay? So if you want to come on the show, I want you guys to come on the show. Reach out to me, DM me, okay? If you haven't yet, follow the new Instagram page, okay? It's new account. Uh, it's the underscore motivation, underscore magnet, underscore. It's on Instagram. We're going to have tons of positive stuff up there. You're going to be able to see everybody we're interviewing and all that good stuff, okay? Like I said before, it's always nice just to see something scrolling through your Insta feed to let you know that you got this, okay? Remember that. You do got this. All right? You guys are the best for listening. Keep sharing. Keep liking. Keep retweeting. And let's keep bringing positivity and motivation to each other, okay? All right. Cheers, you guys. <laughs>